0: Battery Bill, Battery Bill For cameras, computers, cars, or scooters For trucks, boats, jet skis, remotes Battery Bill, Battery Bill everybody we welcome you to episode 58 here on hawaii football now jordan Haley hunter hughes with you for another edition here on hfn we are barreling towards episode 60 we are ready for the return of the university of hawaii football team following the bye week last week they start conference play on the road at san diego state coming up this saturday so a lot to get to but first a big thanks to spectrum mobile hawaii usa federal credit union and Battery Bill. We record this Tuesday about 9 40 a.m. Hawaii time. We are spread out. I'm actually over on the continent. Hunter and Jaren are back home. Big thanks again to Jaren Fashigawa behind the controls keeping us on track here on Hawaii football. Now quick opening drive. Uh, big mahalo to Jr. Hensley for joining us last week. Got a lot of good feedback from you via the comments from running into people as well. I think people really enjoy kind of hearing about alums, where they're at, especially the guys that are, are still playing, right, in particular, and JR obviously having a ton of success in the indoor game and now heading, at least getting ready to head north next season for an opportunity with the BC Lions of the CFL. But I, I'm sure you've gotten some of the, the same comments that I've gotten, Hunter, running into people. They were, they were pretty stoked to hear from JR. Plus the guy's like just completely, you know, magnetic and, and is built for this stuff. And, and obviously he's uh, he's doing some work in
1: the media game as well. Yeah, no, a a bunch of the of our former teammates, uh, you know, whether just seeing on the stories or whatever, it we we all get stoked whenever the boys do stuff together. Um, It's in some ways he's helping us. Uh, We're, we're, you know, kind of giving shout out to his his show, as well as letting people know what's going on in his career. And you're exactly right. Jr. is literally larger than life, Um, if you ever. Get the opportunity to see JR in person. Physically, he's larger than life, too. The man is a walking tree um, with a big old lumberjack beard. He's built for Canada, Jordan. He really is. Um, And uh, I'm stoked he's getting an opportunity, as he calls it, to play outdoors again, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, it's really funny, right?
0: And I completely agree with you. He looks the part 100%. And uh, yeah, the, the guys who kind of play indoors, like, hey, we, the, the goal for everybody is to get back outdoors, right? NFL. Whatever that looks like, NFL, yeah. XFL, CFL, like that's sort of the goal for these guys who, uh, who take their game uh, to the indoor football league, the arena version of the league. We got another fun guest lined up this week, tight end Caleb Phillips is going to join the pod. We recorded this episode, uh, excuse me, recorded that interview late last week during their bye week, a little more free time, obviously, for these guys uh, with no game at the end of the week. So we caught up with him, talked in large part about the New Mexico State game where uh, he was one of the bright spots in a game that, to be fair, didn't have a ton of them, uh, had eight catches, 138 yards against the Aggies. Uh, and some notes there, and, and uh, mahalos to, to Derek Inouye and the, the sports information staff at the University of Hawaii for passing it along. Uh, his 138 receiving yards against New Mexico State are the most in a game by an FBS tight end this season. Uh, It's the most receiving yards by UH tight end in a game since Henry Savio in 1971. That was 51 years ago when he had 151 yards against UC Santa Barbara. You know, the Gauchos that don't play football anymore. Uh, That was back on October 30th, 1971 and his 168 total receiving yards this season, fourth most by a group of five group of five tight end heading into last week's game. So those numbers will be adjusted a little bit there to be fair. There was a period of UH football, where they didn't even have a tight end on the roster. Right. And so look, that goes without saying, but I mean, some of these numbers that Caleb Phillips put up in, in, in terms of historical perspective, it, it's pretty amazing <laughs> to think about.
1: Yeah, no, I actually uh, got to see him uh, this past Sunday at a, uh, a joint function over at Farrington high school called fields of faith put on by fellowship of Christian athletes. And uh, we were talking about that and he's like, there's some games where I'm definitely a tight end and then other games where I'm definitely a receiver. And so we were just kind of joshing around talking about that. I'm like, hey, in the NFL, do you want to be Travis Kelsey or do you want to be the tight end for the Bears, whatever his name is? And he's like, I definitely want to be Kelsey. And I was like, that's exactly right, man. So um, one way or another, it's fantastic to see that production from a tight end.
0: Yeah, it really is. Right. And, and I think, you know, we get into that a little bit in the conversation and not to spoil too much, but we get into that a little bit in terms of how he fits, how the offense is evolving uh, and for a guy that, that really can do it all. And is a really smart dude, right? Stanford educated before he came down uh, and is now excelling in the business school as a graduate student for the university of Hawaii football program. Um, I feel like this offense, at least as it's evolving kind of fits for a guy with those kind of smarts uh, and excited to bring that to you. Again, that'll be in the second half of today's episode. Uh, Before we move on to the game time, I want to remind everybody that that Hawaii football now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators. Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since become Hawaii's largest credit union and expanded to other areas of community need that impact financial health. That includes healthcare, housing, and hunger. To learn more, please visit HawaiiUSAFCU.com. All right, moving on here. Game time, Hunter. Uh, big game coming up this Saturday, right? It is an opportunity for Hawaii to start fresh. Yes, we know the record. Yes, we know through the five non-conference games, one in four isn't ideal, no matter what your goals were heading into this season. Uh, and Hawaii will hit the road once again as a decided underdog, right? Um, not quite the Michigan line, not quite uh, being road dogs at New Mexico State. Um, but Hawaii, at last check, is plus 21 uh, as they head to San Diego State. A 4.30 p.m. Hawaii time kickoff this Saturday. Of course, you can always listen to it it's right here on ESPN Honolulu with John and Mark Veneri on the call. Television will be nationally televised on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Hawaii has, op- or they opened as 18-point underdogs. They are, it's, that line's now up to 21, that last check, which we just checked before we went on air to record this, what, about 15 minutes or so ago? Um, It is reflective of the state of the program. I don't think at this point anybody's too surprised at seeing some of these numbers uh, in terms of where Hawaii is uh, in the prognostication by the lines makers. Um, But this is a San Diego State team that finds itself in similar predicaments, I think, to the University of Hawaii. I think overall, San Diego State probably more talent across the board, but they've got a lot of turmoil themselves i mean last week lost 35 to 13 in their mountain west opener at boise state they led it 13 to 0 at halftime if folks will remember i believe that was a friday night game last week on national television the aztecs come in at 2 and 3 0 and 1 in the mountain west their other two losses coming to pac-12 opponents they actually shuffled a lot of their offensive staff uh of course brady hoke continues on as the head coach after taking over for rocky long a couple of years ago um but he actually after that boise game fired offensive coordinator Jeff Heklinski uh, just last week elevated the running backs coach Jeff Horton. Horton served as the offensive coordinator for about five seasons under the previous head coach in Rocky Long. They've got a new quarterback coach in Ryan Lindley. A lot of folks will remember Ryan Lindley uh, at San Diego State about 10 years ago. kind of right before the transition of Hawaii over to the Mountain West, uh, Lindley, now 33, was actually surfing as a defensive analyst at Mississippi State um, in Mike's Leach staff, and uh, San Diego State came calling. And so he makes like the mid-year move to go over and mentor the quarterbacks um, in San Diego. And if you dive into some of the numbers, you'll understand why (laughs) Uh, a team that's just one game under 500 is looking to absolutely shake up their offense. Uh, Lindley's a guy who passed for the 12th highest total in NCAA history at the time. Like this, is, this wasn't your, your current San Diego State offense, right? Where all they do is run and run and run and run some more and then maybe throw a play action pass. Um, he's got a lot of experience, but the 2022 Aztecs, um, they're currently averaging 19 points per game, total, 19 points per game as an offense. They're running as usual for an impressive total, 192 yards per game. But Hunter, they average 62.5 passing yards per game. they got Braxton Burmeister as the quarterback he's a local kid from down there in La Jolla Uh, but they they have been pretty bad
1: passing the football um I don't want to say it sounds like UH but uh it sounds a little like UH Jordan um kind of getting back to your point earlier um it's the tale of two seasons we've been saying it for weeks now Um, even coming from, uh, some of the players on the the team right now, we're getting sound verbs of guys saying, Hey, preseason is over now. It's time to see what we're really made of. And I completely agree. Um, we're kind of coming to a point where we're making a little bit of changes, a little bit of shifts on our offense. Uh, even though we obviously wanted to get the W against New Mexico state, there was some serious strides made with our passing game. And I would love for us to kind of build off of that um, foundation and start to get some momentum going, heading into conference play. And Hey, look, this is a down year for the mountain West. It just is Um, there. there, There's not as much prowess as there has been uh, where in years past, it felt like all of the talent was on the West side of our conference and San Diego state, which has normally been somewhat of a, a powerhouse, um, is in a down year and is struggling with some internal conflict as well. So who knows what could happen for University of Hawaii? If we stick together as a unit, take care of the football, find our way into the end zone, which has been an issue, I might add, um, we might end up winning a couple games in conference, Jordan. You just never know what can happen. Yeah.
0: It's really interesting because you look at the Mountain West landscape and San Diego State's reeling right now. They've, they've got to figure out a way to kind of get things going offensively in particular. Fresno State, um, they're really banged up and they've got to get healthy. And then there's UNLV, who's like four and one um, in conference. They, they started off with a, a victory there as well. And so it's, it's a little flipped upside down in a lot of ways uh, when you look at the Mountain West, West Division in particular. And so, you know, it's it's one of those. And, and I think, you know, looking at some of the numbers, just using this as a parallel throughout the throughout the season so far, being 50 point underdogs in Michigan, a bit eye opening being underdogs on the road at New Mexico State. You know, it's like, man, yeah, it's just a sobering reminder of sort of where the program is right now. Um, but being three touchdown underdogs on the road against the team that averages less than three touchdowns a game. It's like, wow, that, that one, I think, hit me the hardest of, of any of the road games so far yeah. for this group. Um, but it is an opportunity, I think. And, and look, that is, I think, also reflective of where the defense was two weeks ago in New Mexico State, a running team and what they did to the University of Hawaii. And so, look, they're, they're going on the road. I, I know, even though they've got a new offensive coordinator, the MO of that program, they've got to be licking their chops, right? It's like, Hey, look, this is what New Mexico state did to these guys. And so, you know, one of the big things we wanted to talk about here is the, the offense and the return of some of these receivers and how guys like Caleb Phillips been in. But one last uh, thought before we get to that Hunter is just, it's going to be another big test for this defense, but it is an opportunity to, to bounce back. Like, you know, I I think in a lot of ways, this defense and this defensive staff under coach Yoro has got to be thinking, Hey, look, we had two weeks to prepare for these guys. We got to be a lot
1: better than what we showed two weeks ago. Oh, w- without a doubt. And, you know, Jordan, I think that we, I- I'm always going to play good cop. I'm always going to be optimistic because we can reinvent ourselves. Uh, we've had a bye week, we've had a time to lick our wounds, um, get stretched out, get rehabbed for a lot of these guys. And, in a lot of ways, I feel like we could be completely rejuvenated heading into this San Diego State game um, with a, a new outlook on our offense. Uh, Coach Timmy and uh, the staff have said that, you know, we're adding in run and shoot concepts right now, which of course gets all of us really excited uh, for what that could look like. But I think it, it even gets some of our players excited too for what what's possible.
0: I think that the, a couple of things that you touched on, right? Rejuvenated is a big key with this because they, they got some returns coming in, in terms of pass catchers, Zion Bowen, Chuki Hines, Koali Nishigaya are back cleared healthy and ready to go for this Saturday. And then excitement, you know, you, you hear from some of these guys and, and just kind of wanting to read some of these quotes, right? Um, Zion Bowen saying, Hey, I'm loving this offense in, in the media availability after <clears throat> recent practices. Uh, he said, quote, this is a receiver's dream to be in this type of offense there's so many opportunities to make plays excited to be back out there and bring that spark to the offense and so we mentioned right he Chuki Hines two wideouts, two guys with some speed Bowens obviously we have seen some of the numbers that he has produced right throughout his career so far he is averaging well over 15 yards per grab in his opportunities played early against Vanderbilt got hurt and it's good to see him back uh Kuali Nishigaya Right. Had the, the, the fracture in his leg during the bowl practices leading up to what was eventually a canceled Hawaii Bowl a year ago. He is back Had spent some time on the scout team, sort of getting back into game shape and being comfortable running around there on the, you know, healed up leg. Um, how how impactful can these guys be, especially for an offense that look has struggled to find the guy at quarterback? Braden Shager appears to be the guy he is listed As the number one quarterback on the depth chart, he has gotten those reps in practice and and it all indications are that he is the, the QB one moving forward. So, but look, these, that's a significant amount of talent and production that is coming back available, you know, off the, off the injured list, if you will, uh, that could
1: really provide a spark, but, but how, how big a spark can that be? I mean, I I think it could provide a lot, uh, a lot of spark if if that's even a, Way of describing that, uh, Zion provides some size as well as some speed. Uh, Kuali Nishigaya, you know, comes from the run and shoot, uh, has experience doing that and making reads on the fly. Uh, so much of the run and shoot is predicated on the QBs and the receivers kind of being in symmetry and being in um, connection with their their schemes, with balls being where they're supposed to be. And you know, say what you will about Shager. We've been saying it for a long time. He's by far the best passer of of our UH quarterbacks in the depth chart. Um, This will now be his second game consecutively that he's gotten the start. And I feel like this is what we need to see for him to start getting those necessary reps to get comfortable um, and and to get in some sort of a flow for us to be clicking on all cylinders um, at an offensive perspective. However, I will say this, the run and shoot is such a shift in the mind of a quarterback that that's my one worry. And I'm sure that's been the worry for guys like coach Graham, coach Shoemaker of making this drastic shift because QBs are no longer reading safeties. They're reading cornerbacks. Right on your first drop, you're trying to figure out, are you seeing zone coverage? Are you seeing man? And depending on what that is, you might go completely to the other side of the field and go to your zone beater. So it's, it's a completely different way of playing quarterback. And if you haven't done it before, it takes some time to get used to. And
0: so I, I think for, to that point, a lot of people are saying, Hey, look, bye week, right. Comes at the perfect time to start incorporating some of these offensive, you know, tweaks, if you will, because to be fair, right. It's not like they've completely, Ditch the old offense. And now, have just installed a brand new offense. Right, it is incorporating some of these concepts. It is adding, you know, possibly some new plays, some different ways to look at things. But as you point out, you know, it it, it takes a shift in philosophy. It takes a shift in understanding. So how, truly, how how much work can they get in in a span of two weeks with the bye week in between to to sort of meaningfully adapt, tweak, shift, whatever? you know, verb you want to use this offense. I mean, is is that a realistic thing to expect tangible results from,
1: you know, with, with where they're at in the offense and, and the season? I think so. Um, you're going to be able to install at a greater level during a bye week because you've got two weeks to prepare for a team rather than just one. So take, you know, 10 maybe 12 plays that are brand new to an offense if you give them enough time to watch film on it to discuss with their coaches to rep um at a position drill level um the foundation that will then be put in place at a team level that there's significant stuff that you can do during a bye week because your focus is different um you don't during bye weeks there's not as much of an emphasis on scout team uh on a, on a Division I uh, football schedule. So uh, you can put more of an emphasis on specific position groups and, uh, and kind of hone in there a little bit. However, Jordan, you, you bring up a good point. It usually takes coaches a year or two to, to shift the, um, the, the mental paradigm of an offense from like Norm Chow in the, um, uh, the uh, kind of a pro-style traditional offense to Nick Rolovich wanting to bring in the run and shoot with some RPO um, elements in there as well. He wanted to do that right off the bat, but it took a couple of years to teach all of us and get us on the same page. It's a, it's a crash course in what is an advanced level
0: kind of subject topic, right? Uh, subject matter when it comes down to it. Having guys like Zion Bowens, um, Chuki Hines, and especially Kuala Nishigai, and is one thing I wanted to talk to you, especially the guy who's got a ton of experience in these type of concepts. A guy like Nishigaya, right, who played in a very similar offense in high school, um, a guy that when he came in the last two seasons of the Graham era, uh, his true freshman season and whatever you call it, the follow-up season this day and age, um, always made an impact. Like, he, he always found a way to impact the football game, right? He found a way to get catches. And, and there's something to be said. Or guys that understand how to get open right i mean i think you've seen it anybody who's sort of been around but you can have the most athletic guy you can have the guy who's got world-class speed uh but if they don't understand coverage if they don't understand what a defense is trying to do like they're 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 not always open right they're, they're physical traits but but a guy like koali right who, who i think you know fits some of the the UH receivers of years past, whether it's Gerald Welch, Comine, some of these guys, they're not big. They're not the fastest. Chad Owens, uh, another great example, right? Local kids as well, but they aren't the biggest. They aren't the fastest. Um, Quick, no doubt about it. You you can't be slow out there, Uh, Um, but, but they just, they understand how to get open. They understand how coverages work. They understand how to attack that, how to adjust routes, how to, and, and if you can do that, right, you're, you're going to always be open because whatever answer or whatever, whatever's thrown at you, you have an answer, right? You have an adjustment based off of that. And that's, that's hard to teach one. Um, that's hard to build in terms of chemistry between quarterback and receiver. But I think what we've seen from Nishigai in particular, he's played in different offenses and still had that ability to get open, that ability to adjust, that ability to adapt with whatever the route concepts are, whatever the, the offensive philosophy is. And I got to imagine that a guy like him, a guy like Bowens, that has a little bit of familiarity as well, um, not only do you get their their talents back, but their understanding, I think, has got to be immensely valuable coming into a group that, that look, that has been a little undermanned, um, you know, with those guys out in particular the last
1: three, four weeks or so. And those guys have had reps with Shager, you know, back in the Graham era. So even though we weren't necessarily enormously successful, we we did move the ball a little bit and they got reps in with that quarterback. So that that builds chemistry. Um, To your point about uh, Nishigaya, there's nothing better than a tough slot guy over the middle of the field that isn't afraid to catch the ball and get get cracked here or there. It's kind of in the DNA of Hawaii offenses is to have one of those guys. Um, And that's the beauty of the run and shoot is you can have undersized, maybe underskilled compared to mainland, but we can outthink people with this sort of a style of an offense. And so I'm really um, optimistic and intrigued to see him come off of um, the IR and uh, make an impact for us right away. Yeah, and I will, I will close the, the first half
0: conversation on this. I, I do think it, it kind of, from an optics standpoint, you hope things work out. But if it does, at the very least, where the offense looks a little more exciting, where the offense looks a little more open, where they, maybe they score some points, win or loss. Uh, the fact that it's a nationally televised game and the storylines kind of fit in, right? That's, that's what they're looking for, these national broadcasters, Hey, look, they spent the last couple of weeks working on the run and shoot. Hawaii, synonymous, right? Uh, it's kind of a nice little opportunity maybe to let people know out there and and especially recruits it's like hey look we're still Hawaii we're still fun as heck to come playing and we still like to throw the ball over the lot so it kind of fits in Uh, and and I'm with you glass half full as they head into this uh, we we know that there's work to be done but I I think it kind of sets up a little nicely as they head uh, into the San Diego State game on a chance to play on national tv
1: I want that quote from Zion Bowens. This is a receiver's dream to play in this type of an offense to be put on every billboard out there, because that there is the greatest marketing and recruiting uh, um, elements, like sound verbs, whatever you want to call it that that is huge for getting guys over here. Yeah. I, I want to come catch footballs in Hawaii. Why wouldn't I? We need more of that. And then we need to start winning some football games and getting receivers balls in the end zone, Jordan, that helps with the recruiting as well. Absolutely. But uh, in your, in your comment about stories, things that they're looking for, I want that big bold on the front of, uh, of any, anywhere possible. Yeah, no
0: doubt. No doubt about that. All right. We'll wrap things up here in the first half on the other side of this, we will have the Caleb Phillips interview the second half, and then we'll close it out with some of your, listener comments and a little quick overtime segment Uh, back with more halftime here on Hawaii football. Now this is Hawaii football. Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right. Second halftime again, gave you a little intro to our guy, Caleb Phillips tight end for the university of Hawaii in the first half. We'll get right to his interview that we uh, were able to record with him last week in between classes and practice. Caleb Phillips here on Hawaii football. Now. All right, we're here with our guy Caleb Phillips, tight end for the University of Hawaii. Although, I, Caleb, I don't know, did we call you tight end? Do we just call you pass catcher now? You're coming off a big week individually. Um, you know, I, I, I know things haven't necessarily translated into wins like you guys have hoped for. But, you know, coming off an individual performance like you had last week, it was the most catches or most yards by a UH tight end in like 50 years. Uh, it was something ridiculous um how have you kind of seen your growth man to get to a point where you're contributing in the way that you were in terms of you know pass catching
2: yeah well um it's actually funny we were actually just talking about that today um and last night actually with a few of the guys on the team um I mean I attribute a lot of that to to coach Chang actually um he came in here and I just feel like just I mean just completely expanded our you know our knowledge in terms of route running um you know our our fundamentals and technique has just been a huge focus of his um so i think he's he's done a great job at teaching us some some great um techniques to be able to you know run better routes to be able to get open and and you know i mean obviously none of that would have been able to happen without you know the o-lines pass protection i thought they had a great game um and braden shager you know letting it fly a couple of times so um yeah it was a lot of fun and obviously you know like you said it's it's hard to not you know to come away with a loss um but I'm excited to see where these guys are going and, and the progress that we're making.
0: Yeah. You talk a bit about that progress and and it was, it was the talk of, of the water coolers. It was the talk of the media last week and coach Chang kind of saying, Hey, look, we're, we're looking at throwing in some new wrinkles. We're looking at revamping things offensively, but What has that sort of been like for you? It was probably way overblown by us in the media, but you know, what, what has that been like for for you guys in the meeting room at practice? You know, is it, is it much different or, you know, I mean, obviously not giving away the trade secrets or anything, but, but how has, how has this gone the last couple of weeks?
2: Yeah. um, I think, I think what's encouraging is I think we're really starting to find, you know, fine tune what we want this offense to look like going forward. Um, I think we made a lot of changes week to week these past, you know, the to start off the season. And I think, you know, it's it's nice because I think we have our a lot of set plays, but we're able to kind of, um, you know, change how we, you know, the, the types of formations we're getting, and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be really explosive. I think um, with more time and more practice, we're going to really be able to fine tune a lot of these details. Um, I mean, like, you know, we we really had just a week kind of doing, running this, you know, um, really kind of what Coach Chang and, and Coach Shoemaker really want to tailor this offense to. Um, so I'm excited to see how we progress, um, especially with having this bye week and then being able to open up conference play against San Diego State.
1: Yeah. Uh- Caleb, uh, we went ahead and did the math. Uh, had you have been, uh, starting for my fantasy team, you would have amassed about 42 points this <laughs> last weekend, which, uh, for a tight end would put you right up there with Kelsey and, uh, all, all the boys, man. I thought, I thought you'd like to know that.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, God is good, man. And, and just, Felt super blessed to be able to. I mean, all, all I want to do is just help out this team the best way that I can. And and like I said, like I mean, yeah, it was fun to catch those balls, but I mean if 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 Shager didn't have the time from the O line and he wasn't making sure. those that would happen. So just grateful and 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 I keep telling everyone, like I just I can't say enough how, how much I love this team and these guys here in this locker room and just wouldn't want to go to battle with anyone else. So just feeling really blessed.
1: Yeah, man. Um, well, I feel like you've been due. Uh, for all of us that are close to the team, have been watching um, the games uh, for the last few weeks. There've been plenty of opportunities that you've been open, my brother. And I- I'm thankful that we we got the ball to you. Um, I kind of wanted to get to this. Uh, in um, uh, John Veneri's interview with you just a couple of weeks ago, you put Hawaii right up there with your experience at Stanford, which I think is amazing. Uh, r- right up there with... Uh, one of the best schools in the entire country, man. What has been your overall experience with playing football at University of Hawaii?
2: I mean, it's just been great. I mean, ever since I got here, you know, obviously it's tough with, you know, when you go through coaching changes and and you know, kind of the drama that obviously we everyone went through. But I mean when it comes yeah, when it comes down to it though, like don't get me wrong I I love the guys at Stanford I love my experience there but it's just there's something different here with this with this group of guys in this locker room and and this coaching staff coming in here and so I mean any everything from you know obviously the things you can do out here the beaches the hikes all that stuff but to the people the fans the support I mean I've just it's it's far exceeded my expectations and so Um, it's one of the best decisions I ever made to be able to come out here and to get the opportunity to to switch over from defense to offense was, was, was awesome. Um, And to be able to, to start playing tight end again, was, was a lot of fun. And so just, you know, I'm just really hoping with, you know, being in my sixth year, finishing out my collegiate um, career here to really just, you know, my whole goal is just to see this team progress um, every single week and, and, you know, win or lose. I just, I just want to see us make progress and, um, just instill a, a culture of hard work and, you know, try and bring that, you know, that Hawaiian you know, that, that tradition, that his, that history that's been here of, of, of physicality and hard work um, back into this, this, this locker room, this program. Um, and so, yeah, just feeling really grateful to be here and to be able to, to finish out my
1: career. Here. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Uh, for for the, the people listening at home, when you make those one-handed catches, how much of that is uh, predicated on the tack of your gloves? Because it can't just be your hands, bro. Oh, no way.
2: Yeah. No, that, that was uh, – well, I had to make up for the first
1: the first drop that I
2: had. So, that you know, I'd, apologies to Shager on that one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the gloves are a help for sure.
0: <laughs> no, nah, man, I, I, I've seen you do some of that stuff barehanded out there. Don't, don't sell yourself short. I was kind of curious, Caleb, to ask you, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, right? Making the transition from, from Stanford to Hawaii, the, the transition from, from playing linebacker at Stanford to tight end here at the University of Hawaii. And, you know, it's college football. It takes guys on all kinds of journeys. And and at least from the outside looking in, you know, I think uh, there would be some folks who would say that you've, you've had a pretty fun one, right? Playing Pac-12 football, Stanford education. Um, get a chance to finish up your career at Hawaii right what, what better place to end up there and, and now you get a chance to go play on both sides of the football at different spots but but has it kind of played out you know I don't know if you really expected that coming out of high school or anything like that but but how has it sort of played out and to your expectations and how football is kind of taking you all over the map
2: yeah no that's a great question and um, you know to you know, to say that you know, I, I went to Stanford and I'm and I'm here at Hawaii. Like, I mean, that's every kid's dream. And I mean, that was my dream. you know, my dream was to my dream school was Stanford, and and um, got to the opportunity to go there as a preferred walk on. And and to be honest, you know, the the career that I saw myself having didn't really pan out there. It, like I saw it happening. Um, you know, got 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 good opportunities to you know play a lot of special teams and but just didn't really pan out at the linebacker position. And it actually got to a point where, you know, graduating my senior year, I kind of thought I was going to be done with football. You know, I was, I was a little burnt out, you know, I, I wasn't sure, you know, um, if I, I saw myself, um, you know, continuing and decided to enter the transfer portal and, you know, coach Santa Cruz hit me up, um, you know, about, they saw my high school tape and they saw me playing tight end. They said, Hey, can we, can we see you running around on the field, you know, at what you look like now so um was able to get some film of myself running routes for uh Kevin Hogan uh you know Stanford kind of legend quarterback who's still you know floating around the NFL right now but um yeah I mean God is just good man I just I couldn't have asked for a better journey and and looking back you know i it's always easy easy to think, you know, things are going your way or whatever. But then when I look back years later, I'm just like, I'm so, so glad that this is the way it worked out. Cause I never would have imagined that I'd be here and, you know, in Hawaii playing here. um, If you were to ask me in high school, um, you know, where I'd end up. So, so definitely, definitely really thankful to be here.
0: No, it's, it's a great landing spot. Right. And, and I got to imagine that, uh, you know, you, you go through your years at Stanford and, and you know we're we're in no position to tell Coach Shaw, but maybe maybe they just had you at the wrong position all along. But have you were you a tight end at heart all along? You know, in, in your whole reali- life.
2: Yeah, I'm realizing that now. You know, especially when I first got out here and I started playing, I was like, dang, I should have made the switch a while ago. But you know, hey, that's, that's the way if the it panned are out. Tacky enough,
1: right? What's that? If the gloves are tacky enough. Oh yeah, if the gloves
2: are tacky enough. <laughs> That's awesome. man. So so yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better, you know, a better uh, journey. And, you know, obviously I think everything, you know, works out the way it's supposed to. And, and so just, just happy to be where I'm at right
1: now. I've got kind of a fun question for you. Okay. From going from the classes at, at um, Palo Alto at Stanford to university of Hawaii, is it a little bit like going back to elementary art class?
2: okay so you'd be surprised so so i am in grad school here i'm working on my masters Nice. and uh the scheidler college of business here i think is ranked like 25th in the country or yeah, in nice. the world
0: it's up there and oh.
2: so i wasn't ex- i i came in here and i'm not gonna lie some of these classes are probably harder than most of this class i had at stanford so you know obviously it depends on what you major in it's like my old roommate at stanford was a computer science major i'd be waking up at 6 a.m for workouts he'd be downstairs still working on homework so we definitely had very different um <laughs> very different school experiences. But yeah, no, the school here, the Scheidler School Business is great here. I um, feel like I've learned a lot um, and really love uh, my cohort. There's a lot of athletes in our, in, our, in our group. And so, yeah, no, school's been tough, but it's been good. Um, finishing up in December, just some two classes left, and, and then we'll see where I go from there.
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I should be the last person to talk about um, difficulty. I actually was an art student at UH, so, okay. uh, yeah, um, hats off for you playing football while being at Shidler, um, that, that ain't no walk in the park, but, uh, any future plans of, uh, staying in Hawaii or, you know, the next five years, uh, anything you would kind of let us in on?
2: Yeah. I mean, um, I think the, the biggest question mark is, you know, just seeing how this, this last season pans out, you know, I think I'd, you know, I think I'd owe it to myself to, you know, try and train for pro day and, and uh you know and give myself a shot at the next level if possible um you know god willing if that's if that's in his plan for me um but like i said i i've loved it out here more than i expected i would and so i ideally i'd love to stay for whether it's a couple more months or um whatever and just really be able to enjoy the island without maybe school and, and football like as, as much time commitment there because i feel like there's so many things out here that i haven't even really been able to you know scratch the surface of in terms of you know, hikes and beaches, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, we live in such a beautiful place. I just want to be able to to take advantage of, of the time I'm here. So would love to stick around longer. And um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you've got a, a pretty good handle on things going forward. And and look, man, if you keep putting up, you know, 140 yard performances, they'll uh, definitely pop up on some radars. No doubt about that. Uh, just one last one for you, Caleb, before we get you out of here, you know, you, you I think it's evident hearing the way you talk about the team, talk about the guys that that you're playing with. You know, it, it it's been a little bit of a rough start, but what what's kind of been the message? You're you're among the the veteran guys now on the group, especially for a group that's gone through so much turnover. But what what's kind of the the message in the locker room or amongst the guys, to, you know, as you guys sort of, you know, power through this transition and and head into conference here?
2: Yeah. I mean, so that, like you said, you know, going into conference, like, I mean, everything's still on the table, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because it's easy to be discouraged, you know, when you're, when you're losing games, like, I totally understand that it's not an easy thing to overcome um, and to, to stay positive. But I think, I think the message is clear that everything we still want, we can, we can still go after. Um, And there are plenty of beatable teams in this Mountain West Conference. And I, I do like the direction that I'm seeing in a lot of the growth of these guys, especially the younger guys, like they're going to have to step up and, and contribute. And that was coach Chang's message today, you know, is, Hey, like you, you guys, I mean, the young guys, they gotta be, you know, they gotta be ready. Like you never know who's, who's going down, who's whatever. And so um, I think, you know, I just want to make it cl- like clear that I think, you know, the guys are, we're going to fight till, till the last second, you know, till that clock hits zero, zero, you know um, no matter what the score is on, on that scoreboard. And, and I think, I think I'd, I'd, I'd hope that, people around this island and and fans can see that um I know we haven't had great outcomes um but I love that these guys will fight no matter what and we and and it doesn't matter if we're playing Michigan or we're playing McCain you know um so yeah I know I think the key is just is just going to work you know take take this this week to hopefully rest our bodies a little bit um I think it's a perfect time to have a bye week before we open up conference play and uh, really just, I mean, I think the key is just trying to be, you know, like no matter what the scoreboard is, we're going to be the most physical team on the field. And I, you know, I think, you know, if we can just get 1% better every day, that's all you can ask for.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, and we, uh, we, we, we see the progress being made and, and congratulations again, my man, on a, on a big week. Uh, and, and we wish you the best going forward and uh, we'll have to catch up soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks, Caleb. We appreciate it, my brother. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, big thanks to Caleb. Uh, Dude's got a busy schedule. He's trying to get that master's right uh, at Scheidler. He is doing it all, man, and uh, performing on the field as well. Big thanks to him. Big thanks to the uh, athletic information staff as well for helping set that up. Thanks to Jaron as well. putting in some of the legwork there uh quickly some of the comments that we got um via facebook via youtube uh our guy michael uh big big fan of the of jr uh really enjoyed the interview uh shouts to to our guy al from va who's back on the comment line we appreciate him um matt's also via youtube uh sending some shout outs the way of jr hensley and then we had our guy on facebook jason um, who is a Vegas resident. Uh, said he listens to the pod regularly. Um, he was home for the season opener against Vandy, and then he's planning to be there um, in San Diego on Saturday for the Aztecs game. So uh, big shouts to Jason. Hope you enjoy the game. Let us know how Snapdragon is um, and uh, has shown a lot uh, in his comments, a lot of positivity in the direction of the bows. So uh, pretty cool stuff, man. We're uh,
1: getting the Vegas crowd involved. Hunter? I love that we're becoming a well-traveled team not just uh, the roster but our fans as well always encouraging to see green in the stands Um, so if you're listening don't have anything to do um, the Saturday uh, Saturday, the the 6th um, we'd love to see you. Yeah absolutely and um, gonna be
0: a lot of fun there in the new stadium always a lot of Hawaii people anyway anytime you get the Bows playing on the West Coast, no doubt about that. <clears throat> excuse me. And so we will wrap things up with a little, quick little overtime here. I, I did kind of want to bring this up, Hunter, and I know we're running short on time, but, you know, with uh, with Tonga-Vailoa going down with the concussion last week Thursday in the in the victory, excuse me, the game against the Bengals, uh, we saw Dylan Gabriel, <clears throat> another, obviously, Hawaii lefty, right, uh, take a head shot against... Oklahoma, um, against TCU for Oklahoma on Saturday. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to see. We obviously wish those guys the best. Uh, the Tua situation has been talked about, has been litigated. I mean, it is invoked a lot of very strong reactions by people. And I think, you know, without diving too far into it, uh, it's just a reminder that <clears throat> as far as things have come in terms of player welfare, in terms of safeguards in place, and there are no more, you um, Advanced sort of protocols than at the professional level, right? I mean, right. they've right. we've seen that what's supposed to work anyway. It's still, um, I think, a reminder that you know we have still a ways to go to protect players to the best possible way and to protect them at times from themselves uh, and make sure that uh, you know the safeguards in place. Man, that was that was tough to see.
1: Yeah, I uh, I agree that they're is always room to improve um the concussion protocol at the professional level and at the division one level is top notch Mm -hmm. They, they they any slight sign that you might have a concussion you're off the field and you're in concussion protocol and they do their testing or whatever before they allow you back on the field and i'm sure it's uh even more intense at the nfl level so I really do feel like the two situations previous week when Tua, you know, was stumbling around and then this week were not connected. We play a very dangerous game and Tua is not that big of a guy being thrown around by humongous human beings playing defensive line for the Bengals. So yes, I I agree it's very it's it was intense to watch his his hands locked up, clearly knocked unconscious. We play a dangerous game, Jordan, and people forget that sometimes. So, many, so much rules have been added to the game of football. Um, in my mind, demasculinizing the defensive side of the football in a lot of way. Um, you asked Tua, that's just what happens in football sometimes. Um, I, I, as a player, I do think there are times as well where you have to pull me off the field because I am going back out there as the leader, as the quarterback, guys relying on me that there's more at stake here than just playing a game. I, I want to earn my guys respect in a surging Miami Dolphins team. So it's a complicated issue for sure. Yeah. I mean, we
0: just had the conversation in last week's pond, you know, with, with how good they have been, you know, and, and arguably the top team in the NFL. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the scary part about it. Right. It's like, Hey, look, that, that it, it may be right. Like that's the fact of the matter, like football, this, the, these things can happen. Uh, and we will see, you know, with, with the NFLPA and and some of the things as they look into it was, was everything followed as it should be, because I, I'm with you. It's like, look, there are, there are a lot of things in place to it's prevent fun. catastrophic head injury from happening. Um, but at the end of the day, they, they still got to go out there and play football. Right. And so it was a, uh, it was a sobering reminder of how kind of everything uh, fits together. But that'll do it for us. Again, a big thanks to everybody for joining us uh, here on episode 58. Big mahalos to Spectrum Mobile, Hawaii USA, Federal Credit Union, and Battery Bill. Enjoy the game this Saturday. We'll see you back next week to recap things and hopefully a Hawaii victory over the Aztecs. Have a great week, everybody. Aloha. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Halley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.